Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At homethreads.com, Discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. If you're going to be someone who's just never going to plan at all or never going to plan your sides, I think sauces are part of what you can do to stop from being so bored. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hey, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Welcome to this episode where we're going to talk about sides. I feel like there's a lot of really punny things we can say about sides like this is a side hustle school <laughs> my side kicks you know <laughs> you're not <laughs> apparently i'm bad at dad jokes who knew can't be good at everything you guys <laughs> you're good at so so much it's not making jokes apparently or at least no you're good at making <clears throat> jokes just maybe not punny jokes yeah punny jokes about sides I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I can it tell you that I, I'm not in the mood today, Megan, to make puns myself. Okay, let's get serious about sides then. <laughs> this is a very serious subject. And actually, it came to us through our listeners group. I know. I just freaking love that we're doing this. And I hope we can do a lot more of these. But our friend, Liz Gardner, in our listeners group said, episode idea, sides. I always forget to plan for one, and I am sick of green beans, and roasting never seems to come out right. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that, Liz. But before we do, shout out to you. Thank you for posting in our (laughs) listeners group and giving us 
this episode idea because I think sides are a problem for a lot of people. Or a challenge. Yeah, they're a challenge. I think because people don't plan for them or think about them. It's way easy to be like, we're having this recipe for dinner and not think about rounding out the plate, right? Yeah. I mean, I actually plan for mine. I think I said that in a recent episode. So, but I plan for them now because I've learned the hard way that I was getting sick of, you know, steamed broccoli, steamed green beans, roasted cauliflower on a like rotation. Right. So I really like, and I also, another reason is that as I tried to make vegetables a bigger part of our meal and meat, which typically tends to be our main, a smaller part of the meal. Like as I shifted that balance, I realized like no one wants a whole plate of my steamed broccoli with lemon, salt, and olive oil. (laughs) It's delicious, but like that's not – that doesn't feel like dinner. Right. But like if I make a broccoli Caesar salad, you know, with some chicken on the side, that you can put like a big heftier – portion on your plate and then just chicken topping it and garlic bread. And now you're eating so much more broccoli. Broccoli Caesar salad sounds amazing. And it sounds like something I would gobble up and my kids would gobble up. Is that a recipe that you have? Can we have it? It's not. No, I actually found it. I think I found it on Bon Appetit. It's on my meal plan this week, which is why I thought of it. I haven't tried it yet. So I will report back in that listeners group and tell you if the recipe worked well, what my kids thought of it. And I will share the link. Yes, yes, yes. I want it now. You're going to have to slack it to me. So I find, I mean, that's like, we're going to talk about what to do if you don't meal plan for sides for sure, because we think that's probably what most of you are doing. Also, I don't really meal plan for sides. Yeah. I mean, but you're a pro, right? Like, yeah, I you mean, probably I, I have shop a- for them. I like specifically put on like on my list, like side vegetables and pick five or six things every week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I say plan for them. But if you don't plan for them, talk about your strategy more specifically. This comes from the fact that I'm in a season of a lot of recipe testing. And often like when I'm recipe testing, it's just the main thing. Like I'm just recipe recipe testing chicken fried steak. I'm not like making a whole meal. So I'm like, I plan for us to eat those things as much as possible. And I need to supplement those things with vegetable dishes on the side, or even like we keep referring to vegetables as side, and we should get into like a little bit about like starchy sides, like rice rice and pasta and things like that. So wait, but when you recipe develop, don't you create a schedule? I do. And then like, couldn't you meal plan your sides then? Totally. Like if I'm going to, okay. But you just, it just doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's a little bit of that thing of being flexible to what the rest of the week might hold that's not in my control. For example, Ella, my oldest, eats school lunch like three or four days a week from the school cafeteria. Like she looks at the menu and she chooses what what days she's going to have lunch and what days she doesn't. And sometimes she's doing that like on the fly the night before. So if I can, I look at her school lunch calendar and see like they're having carrots as one of the main sides on Wednesday. If I already planned carrots, I have to flex to it. Whereas if I have like four or five veggies in my fridge that I, or freezer, because I do that a lot too, that I can choose from, then I can easily flex. And ditto with my son, Emmett, like my husband packs lunches when he's home and I need to flex to like whatever he pulls out of the fridge. So my kids aren't eating the same thing at every meal. But also now as I'm saying, I'm like, does that really matter? Like, I think my kids would still eat carrots and broccoli at lunch and then at dinner. Yeah. 
totally. But it still gives me, like, I don't, when it's a recipe testing week, I don't necessarily get to eat just what I crave. Like, I have to test these things on a deadline. And being able to say, oh, you know what? I would really love to have a Caesar salad tonight or I would really love to have edamame tonight gives me that like a little bit of control back and craving back. So I like I like that better than like yeah. being nailed into a plan at totally. the beginning of the week. I get that. I And I think a lot of people do. I like to meal plan because I really like feeling like my meal goes together. I try to do... Like my vegetable sides are often like a recipe, even a very simple one. But we just started getting bored of like the steam and the roast. Yeah. So, Which I think that's really brilliant. And I'd love for you to share more about that because I also think as my kids are getting a little bit older, having more – it's like a change in a way of thinking. Like it's not just a side. It's the vegetable half of our plate. Yeah. Right? So like I made the – broccoli or it's on my meal plan the broccoli caesar with a chicken cutlet piccata like it felt like an italian meal (laughs) yeah i definitely like not theme things out but like i match the recipes like if we're going to have soba noodles you know then i'll do like you know miso glazed yams or something like that so like i'm matching it and i do feel like Okay, refer back to episodes, our very many episodes on picky eating. This doesn't hold for everybody, and I'm not trying to say that it does. But for my kids, making vegetables interesting and a more dynamic part of the meal and not a side is part of what I think makes them like vegetables, or at least like the vegetables that they do like. It's because I served them in a way that they were like, oh, this is delicious, Different than just like plain. Yes. And we actually, we talked about this in like several episodes that are sort of veggie centric. Yeah. You can't serve plain steamed broccoli and expect your kids to be excited about it if you're not <laughs> excited about it. I mean, you can. Yeah. I mean, maybe that works for you. But like, if you want your kids to eat vegetables, make them taste good. Yeah. So I always do a main and a vegetable. I don't always plan out like what the other element will be because it kind of depends on how like hefty the vegetable and the meat are together. Like, is there tortilla? Is there bread on the table? Sometimes I plan a starch too, like a rice, a quinoa, a grain, beans, if they aren't already part of the vegetables. Beans end up often being part of my vegetables. Yes. Because again, I'm doing like a recipe. I'm not doing like a side of broccoli, which again is another plug for planning and actually putting a little time and love and care into your vegetables because then you can often incorporate other things. Like you can get beans in for extra protein and, you know, you zhuzh it up that way. Right. Or sometimes you can even get like all three, like you're making an orzo salad that's like broccoli and chickpeas and it's like in one pot. And instead of cooking three different sides to feel like you're completing your meal of pork tenderloin, you've just won and done it, which is brilliant. Oh, the best. So I would high five you if I could. Yeah. (laughs) I'm definitely thinking about protein, heft, and vegetables. Like when I'm planning, when I do my meal plan for the week. Like I'm thinking about all of those things. I'm not thinking what's my main. Yeah. And it just then like everything feels like a more complete meal and I'm not left in that moment of like, oh my God, I'm scrambling for a vegetable. Now I have a vegetable, but like, oh my gosh, a vegetable like broccoli and just chicken isn't enough for my husband. Now what? 
Like, I hate that feeling. I hate that now what feeling or I forgot. Right. I think everyone hates that. That's why we like meal planning in general. Because yeah. when you're staring at the fridge at 4.30 or 5 o'clock and you're like, I, now now what am I doing? It's very stressful. Or the worst feeling is like you're pulling out your roasted chicken thighs and then you're like, oh, what else are we having with this? Like, I only planned for this. Totally. And you're scrambling. Which we should talk a little bit about what you do. You don't know. You're, you're never scrambling. No, that's Stacey. not true. But I... <laughs> That's not true. I used to. So I remember that feeling because I work very hard to avoid it. Yes. (laughs) And also, I would like to say that there are definitely weeks because I always meal plan uh, concurrent with looking over my calendar for the week. Yes. So there are definitely days every single week where it's like steamed broccoli with lemon and oil, like roasted sweet potatoes. Uh, I'll figure out what to do with them. Like. You know, it's not every single meal that their vegetable is an additional recipe. And when it is, it's a, you know, it's a day that I either have a slightly more time or the main is really easy, like roast chicken. I'm going to just put it in the oven. And then I have this time that I've allotted for cooking where I feel like I can devote to making a vegetable. Yes. But so what do you keep stocked in your freezer for, or maybe it's not your freezer. What kind of things do you keep on hand for your like, oh shit moments of, uh, I need I need something as a side now? I would say that every single week I buy broccoli, cauliflower, and string beans. I often buy, even though they, every single time I cook them, I worry about plastic and I try them and I'm like, this isn't as good. But I often buy the string beans in a microwave bag. Yes. Because it's just like, this is what I'm going to just, when I just need a vegetable. Yes. I think of the steamer veggies, especially like when it's a bunch of vegetables, like a stir fry mix, or sometimes you can get like the peas and carrots together that you can steam, um, are really great. And you could refer back to our sauce episode. And if you had sauces on hand, like chimichurri or pesto, you could totally like steam those things and then just toss a little sauce on them for a really delicious weeknight meal. I think that's brilliant. So I'm going to just pause before you go on because I think that's so smart. If you're going to be someone who's just never going to plan at all or never going to plan your sides, I think sauces are part of what you can do to stop from being so bored. Peanut sauce, pesto, like you said, like a garlic tahini sauce, even just a vinaigrette, like changing up your vinaigrettes. Yes. Like you, those will get you out of the steam and butter salt rut. Yes. You've also mentioned chimichurri a lot. I know that's one of your yeah. go-tos. And we were both recently talking about after our grocery cart episode about like the little jars of sauces you can buy. Like we both love that. It's like a preserved lemon paste from NY Shook. Is that the name of the shop? So you're not even making a sauce. You're like buying something. The garlic chili crunch oil from Trader Joe's or garlic chili crunch from any other source. Also jams can be like an underrated way to add flavor to like, let's say those roasted veggies that you feel like don't come out very well. Liz... Toss them with a little jam and some spices, and you're you've at least saved them for yeah. dinner. Yeah, peach jam and sriracha. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. It's a beautiful combo on carrots. Do it on carrots. Please. Yes, yes, yes. The secret is finding really flavorful jam. P.S. What else do you buy? Like, okay, so sauces save the day. 
planning saves the day. Planning will help you every time with everything, right? Sauces save the day in in the interim if you're like scrambling. We love steamers from the freezer. I wanted to add, this is what I wanted to say. You don't have to steam steamers in the bag. If you feel uncomfortable with the plastic, you can totally move them to like a microwave safe container, cover them. Again, you're covering them with plastic. I wrote about this for Parents Magazine actually last year about and and like talk to an expert like it's it you're if you're covering something with plastic and there's space between the plastic and the food you have like very little to be concerned about Absolutely. so um, I do that in glass Tupperware too often yeah. with broccoli like well, I'll buy the fresh heads of broccoli but I'll just cut it toss it in a glass bowl with a little bit of water a slice of lemon and then saran wrap or I'll put the lid on but not seal it completely I'll leave yes. it open on one end. Yeah, so vent it a little bit and then steam it in the microwave, which yep. is really great because it only takes a few minutes. And actually, you can do that with a lot of things, not just broccoli, right? Like you can do it with green beans, frozen peas. I do it often with frozen corn. Sometimes that's how I re- revive beans that I've cooked and frozen is to do like a little bit of steam, sometimes with broth to give them more flavor. But like if I'm really in a crunch and I don't have time to thaw something or thaw it on the stove, I'll stick it in the microwave that way. Okay. So tell me, since you're not planning, are most of your vegetable sides pretty simple? Like roasted this, steamed that, or like how are you judging them up? Yeah, I think that I am using like one of three approaches, right? I'm doing sauces a lot. Sauces save me on so many nights. And so I'm going to say sauces really loosely because sometimes I'm roasting carrots and at the end, all I'm doing is adding like a dab of butter and maple syrup to the sheet pan that I've roasted the carrots on. And that's my side. But those are things I just always have. I always have butter. I always have maple syrup on hand. So I don't really have to think about it ahead of time. Um And then partnering it, like, I think that sometimes people only serve broccoli and then they're like, oh, my kid wasn't really into that. But you could serve broccoli and chickpeas like we've talked about a couple of times. Or you could do like broccoli and crispy onions, you know, not I don't like the French's. The Lars brand is the brand that I buy, but I know Trader Joe's also sells them like green beans steamed and then putting crunchy onions on them makes it feel more like a side. And then oftentimes I'm also like reverse engineering a starchy thing. So I'm cooking rice, but I'm also adding like peppers and canned tomatoes and maybe some carrots to it. Or I'm cooking orzo and I'm grating a carrot and zucchini to add to it. So it's a couple different ways where I'm thinking about, or a couple different techniques that I'm using to make stuff from what's already in my kitchen without like buying extra things or planning on recipes. I do have to admit though, like now that you've talked about how great planning and pulling recipes is, I kind of want to try that. I feel like that might bring me some more food joy right now. Jay's break. (laughs) Now an ad break. Hey guys, it's Stacy. You all know that I'm passionate about helping home cooks. So when I learned that Americans eat a whopping 53 pounds of chicken per person per year, I knew exactly what I needed to do. Say goodbye to boring dry chicken with my new cookbook, Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, 50 Winning Ways to Cook It Up. It's your new handbook of go-to chicken dinner recipes. From Instant Pot Filipino-style chicken adobo to a weeknight version of the classic chicken salt and boca, from kid-approved chicken parmesan meatballs to a fantastically flavorful pineapple chicken salad with green beans and toasted coconut, 
My new book will help you roast, grill, slow cook, pressure cook, braise, and sheet pan your way to dinner deliciousness. Not to mention, it will also help you choose healthy meat at affordable prices, decode confusing labels, and even cut and carve chicken like the kitchen boss you are. Get your copy now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, or at your local independent bookstores. All links are available at didn'tijustfeedyou.com. I also will say that if you are a comfortable cook, this might not apply to everybody. It will to you, Megan. A lot of times, you know, if I'm cooking from a recipe, it's a main, I'll actually have the recipe up and I might skip a step or I might measure in my palm or that, you know, like there are things I do as a matter of course, as a professional that become shortcuts for me. But I don't even really follow the vegetable recipe. (laughs) I'll look at it once, but they tend to be really simple. It's more just planning it helps me know what I'm about to cook. And looking at recipes, which I like really limit my time doing, or, you know, I keep track in, uh, you know, with my bookmarks of like recipe, uh, vegetable recipes that sound really delicious to me. Mostly they just give me an idea. They serve as inspiration. Like, oh yeah, like I never thought to combine Marcona almonds and finely shredded cabbage. I don't know. I just made that up. You know, Um, that sounds delicious. It does, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's like, oh, I'm going to do that. And I'll look at it and it's like, oh, I I see. It's like basically a quick dressing and it's cabbage and Marcona almonds and like crumbly soft cheese. Oh, all right, cool. And I'll like write that down on my meal plan and It doesn't have to be complicated. I know it sounds like extra work and extra time, and it really doesn't have to be. And it it does make my vegetables feel more inspired. It at least takes some stress away when it's dinner time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I I just like getting everybody excited about vegetables because I feel like we can eat more of them. I want to suggest we do something that we've never done before, but I think it'll be light lift for both of us. And I think it would really be a service to our listeners group. This is for Liz. We're doing it for you, Liz. This is all for you. What if we, because we're both on Pinterest casually, right, for our own projects. Like I say personal projects. I'm like pinning house stuff. My fantasy bakery has its own board. What if? we collab on a board of side dishes and the the idea being like we can share that in our listeners group we can share it in the show notes and people can follow it for ideas but then like when you're planning instead of having to go like just be like googling vegetable yes it's like go to our pinterest board and here are a bunch of ideas yeah and then that's a great way for you to include recipes from stacybillis.com. We've got some great recipes on didn'tijustfeedyou.com. Occasionally, I have vegetable sides at thekitchen.com. And then also just like our favorite, like I want that broccoli Caesar. Stacey, why haven't you slapped it to me yet? (laughs) I love that because the biggest danger when you suggest meal planning is that you (laughs) send people down like the rabbit hole or people don't even try it and they write off the suggestion because they just assume they're going to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. More on how you don't have to do that. More tips from us coming soon in a special secret project. But for now, we're going to have a Pinterest board. (laughs) (laughs) It's somewhere we can start while we work on the much larger projects. Yes. Making family dinner easier for you. It's a small thing. Small thing. Just <laughs> yeah, teeny tiny. Anyway, carby sides? Carby sides. Do you serve one every single night? No, not necessarily. Me Sometimes either. we have pasta for dinner or like right, a pasta course, casserole. Right? And that's 
like maybe not even ha- it might not even have meat in it. That's the main. Yeah. And then veggie sides are the concern. I would say honestly, like carby sides outside of like sweet potatoes or baked potatoes are happening one to two nights a week. Same here, although now that the boys are older, new dilemma. They, I cannot cook enough for these three guys. Mm, I can't. Like, they are all so hungry. And I'm running out of food at the end of dinner. And I don't want to make a ton more meat. Right? That's an expense and an effort. It's sustainable. It's expensive. It's like, I don't, you know, I just don't want the portion of meat to be outsized. Totally personal thing. You don't have to feel the same way. And then, like vegetables, great, like eat a ton, but I just can't guarantee that my kids will. You know what I mean? There's always some leftover vegetables and they will always be gone because me and Mike will eat them. But like, then the kids are still hungry and then they're like, can I have a yogurt? Can I have a piece of fruit? Can I have dessert? Can I have, you know. I'm going to eat a whole entire bag of crackers that was destined to be snacks for the week. Totally. Yeah. So I'm starting to think more and more about like always having something like rice, quinoa on hand. So like on my meal plan this week as a separate item, which I know is not feasible for everybody. So I'm going to talk about that in a second. But for me, someone who works from home, just making a huge pot of this like quinoa spinach salad that has like pickled red onions, uh, diced up pitted prunes, and some salty almonds in it that my kids really, really like. It's got kind of a Middle Eastern flair to it. And just to have that, like I can eat it at lunch. They can eat it when they're done with dinner and still hungry. Just something that gives them a little protein, a little carb, a little extra heft before they start digging into all the snacks. I also like the idea of stepping back and doing the like base of the quinoa and spinach and pickled red onion. And then you could add like the night's veggies or leftovers from the night before. Um, It's kind of like your brilliant idea of meal prepping pasta for the week so that you can like add it onto any meal or lunches. Totally. I've been doing that a lot too. Like pasta with tuna. Oliver loves it. Um, And then it can be school lunch. It can be my lunch. And it can like, he's like, I'm done. I'm so hungry. We'll have some, a little more pasta tuna salad. And then you can have some fruit and dessert. So I am thinking more about those heft elements. If you can't take time to cook a big batch, like separate from the cooking you already do for dinner, I would suggest that you do the like cook once, eat twice thing where, you know, meal plan quinoa one night and then just make a double batch. You can keep it in the fridge. You can keep it in the freezer. You can reheat it either in the microwave or I love reheating rice and quinoa in um like a steamer basket. Mm-hmm. Just put a little bit of water in a big pot, steamer basket, and then pile your grains on top, cover the pot and let the steam reheat it and re-moisturize it. What other things can people cook in bulk that they can have as sides? Um, Baked potatoes. Yes. Sweet potatoes. Instant pot beans. Yes. Rice. I also wanted to shout out, we have a whole episode about the things we stock in our freezer. And this is one of the very few times that Stacey and I have disagreed. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, I do like to keep store-bought already made rice or rice blends in the freezer for nights when I need a carby side on the fly. I know you're better about like cooking things and stashing them in your freezer 
Um, but I think don't discount even the like shelf stable oh, yeah. whole grain blends that you can get. And maybe you just know, like, I'm not great at sides, so I'm going to buy a couple of these when I'm at the store and they're going to be there to save me on a weeknight. Oh, you know what else? I'm going to just throw out a shout out. Uh, Maya Kaimel, who was actually a guest at one point. She was in the sauce episode. Oh, yes, sauce that's right. Today. That's right. So they launched these new everyday doll packets. So they're shelf-stable packets. And I started buying them because I wanted more. I didn't want to just do salads all the time. And I don't eat carbs at lunch. And it's just like split peas with green garbanzos in one blend, lentils in another, butternut squash in another one. And they have several different sauces and flavors. I really love the pea and butternut squash flavor the best. So I started buying those for lunch. I eat about half a packet for a single lunch. And then I realized that they make a great like date night dinner for the kids. They make a great like extra meal for the kids if they're still hungry, just like open it up. And if I have orzo or rice already steamed in the fridge, all the better. They're really convenient and great. So if you have kids who like curry flavored thing, they're pretty mild. In fact, I douse mine with sriracha when I eat for lunch <laughs> to, you know, like make it nice and spicy. So, you know, it's just a matter of your kid liking those curry flavors. Yeah, but there's a, there are other products that are just like that. Yeah. Where it's like butter and herb rice or lentils or a rice and lentil blend. Um, I want to say East of Eden is a brand that you can also find that's like very basic sort of bean and rice things that comes flavored too. Um, so there's no shame in stocking those in your kitchen too. I also just want to give a shout out. You already kind of touched on it, but in the context of sides, that also the more you can pack your main with vegetables, the less you have to think about size. <laughs> yes. So like that's a strategy too. Like maybe if you're like, oh, I'm never going to plan size. I hate thinking about size. What they're saying isn't helpful at all. How about ditching recipes for a little while or for a couple of nights of the week that make like a protein the center of the plate, the center of the meal? Because then you really do have to figure out what else goes with this. Yes. One pot rice dishes curries, stews, one pot pastas. These are all things that you can boost with vegetables like diced up butternut squash, diced up sweet potato, peas, whatever it is. And then you just get the veggies in the main and you don't really have to worry about a side. And on the same note, I often look for vegetarian mains when I'm trying to figure out like an easy supplement to, let's say I'm testing a steak recipe or pork tenderloin. And it's like, maybe my kids won't be into that part of it. But if I make this like veggie noodle bowl on the side, that's a complete dinner, they'll eat all of that. Totally. One last thing, because this came up in the thread under Liz's question. I talked about it very briefly at the end of the most recent picky eater episode, which is It is cool if you just want to chop up your lunchbox veggies and fruit and put those in the middle of the table on a plate. That is a side. That completes the meal. And don't stress if you have to do that some nights or every night. As long as your kids are happy to eat that and and your partner too, I think that's a great strategy. Totally. And if that feels boring and the whole point is that you feel like you're in a rut, then put out dips and make it more interesting, <laughs> like open hummus or throw store-bought hummus 
with those already like pre-steamed beets that are also store-bought into your food processor and make a beet hummus that's pink. And oh my gosh, now everything is so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so think about, again, the dips and the sauces to just make whatever you have on hand that feels really simple and really boring and tired to make it feel a little bit more exciting. Wait, but before we sign off, can we talk about roasting vegetables? I think Liz would be really upset with this if we didn't address, address it. Let's make this oh, an hour-long episode, and please spend the next 30 minutes telling us everything you know about roasting vegetables. Okay. JK, everything we know could be distilled in just a well, few minutes. What are the problems? Like, what are the things that cause problems? People overcrowd the pan. Yes. People are not roasting high enough. People yes. are not using enough fat, whether it's like oil, olive oil, butter, whatever, on their pan. Or, this is my big one, too much fat, and then they never crisp. Yeah. It all it also makes me think I've been using the air fryer a lot. Yeah. For sides. And I think that we're gonna have to do an air fryer episode where yeah. we talk about that. That means I have to buy an air fryer. Uh, yeah, we yeah. Okay. I have it's like cool. seven. I'll just send you one. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I want one now. I'm just kidding. I've just I'm had on to board. test them a lot. Okay, but so you feel like you're sometimes using too much fat. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That can be a problem, too. So how do we address those issues? Like- so without talking about measurements, which I really don't think you need to do, I think it's just a matter, like, start with, like, a hearty drizzle. Like, do not glug, 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 glug. You can add more. You can't take away. Yeah. Okay. And then you want him to be, you want every piece on your tray to be nicely coated, like a nice thin slick. When there's not enough oil, you're going to find that you're really trying to stretch that oil into every piece, then add a little bit more. That's not quite enough. And just slick every piece and make sure that the pan itself has like a nice thin coating. You don't want things slashing around. You don't want, in my opinion, puddles of oil. Agreed. Like even a small puddle is not great. Dab it up with the paper towel. I want to say that in the the days when I was food styling a lot and there would be roasted vegetables or or even like roasted proteins, I would never, though I do this at home in real life, I would never like pour the olive oil directly onto the baking sheet or onto the vegetables on the baking sheet. I would always toss them in a bowl. Yes, that's the right way. But let's, I mean. I know that, but like, let's say you're having, roasting is like not turning out the way you want it to. And you roast two or three things on the regular, maybe just a couple times. Yeah. Try it in a bowl and start with like one tablespoon or two tablespoons. And then, you know, you're training your brain for what the correct amount of oil looks like and even distribution looks like. And then moving them to the baking sheet and roasting them. And then after you've done it a couple times... Your, your brain will remember what it looks like and so you can do smart. that in the future. Yeah, because also when you do it in a bowl, the excess will stay behind in the bowl. Exactly. So you don't mess it up. So I love that. I think that's a great suggestion. Under salting. Yeah. Guys, don't be afraid. Under yes, seasoning. you can also add more. Under seasoning in general. Yep. Because you can told like this is the place you're roasting veggies. Put some cinnamon on them. Put some cumin on them. Some turmeric. Like there's so many things that get better roasted in the oven as yep. far as spices go. And like fresh garlic, if you have like one extra minute. If you don't, like buy a pre-peeled. Use a garlic press. Like we're not chefs here. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about restaurant cooking. 
you know, everything doesn't have to be perfect. Like using the garlic press is fine. Even if you don't have the super pro one, just slice it thinly and toss the vegetables with it. It will have a different impact, but it will still imbue a nice hint of garlic that will help taste, you know, make your vegetables taste better. I will say this, anytime I'm cranking on the oven to roast, I typically like take a couple of cloves of garlic. I'm not even removing the skin always. And I'm throwing them on the baking sheet to roast alongside the veggies. Sometimes I'm going to use that later to make a vinaigrette for something else entirely. But oftentimes, like once that garlic is soft and the veggies are soft, I'm popping that super soft garlic out and like mashing it and putting it on the vegetables. So I'm not even getting out my garlic press, which I'll link to the one that I love that I like to use for weeknight meals. But I'm still getting garlic without the effort. Also, finishing your vegetables when they come out. So once they come out of the oven, they might be done and taste one piece. If it's delicious, be done. You're good. But that doesn't have to be the end of it. You can finish with some sort of acid to Mm. brighten it, to boost the flavor, hit it with another like, you know, big dab of salt if it's not flavorful enough. Like you can even sneak in a little tiny bit of garlic powder. It's better when you've cooked it, but like just a tiny bit. You don't want it to taste powdery. Like taste and continue to season a little bit but especially the acid. Yes. Vinegar, lemon juice, vinaigrettes, but also like if you have a salad dressing that you love that's in the fridge, store-bought, doesn't even have to be homemade and you can toss that on your veggies. That's so delicious, especially while they're still warm. Yes. And then, hello, who would we be if we didn't say you could add cheese to your roasted veggies, a little grated Parmesan. And Um, I was going to say yogurt. How perfect. We were both on the same (laughs) wavelength. Yes. Like, yes. take horseradish and creme fraiche. Take yogurt and thin it with a little oil and lemon juice and toss it. Like, it just depends what the vegetable is. Parmesan on roasted broccoli, delicious. Also, sometimes pairing a cooked vegetable with a raw vegetable is a really dynamic nice. way to add flavor. Like, you roasted carrots and then you shave some carrots yes. also. Or you could do like roasted vegetables and add some pickled red onion, which we love, or finely chopped scallions or chives. We didn't even talk about adding herbs when you're roasting or afterwards. Yeah. So, and like even little pomegranate seeds and chives or parsley with something is delicious. Crumbled feta cheese. Now I'm hungry. I know. We need to wrap this up. So I need to eat. That's so good. Okay, wait. Talk about temperature, though. Oh, this was actually a question that came up in the listeners group about, like, what is the difference? When you're of it, when a recipe says roast, what do they mean? And it's typically 375 or higher. I like to roast at 400 degrees. I roast at Um, 425 when I'm in a rush. Yeah, (laughs) totally. But then you have to keep an eye on things. That's how you end up with crispy charred broccoli as your side. Which, by the way, my son (laughs) likes. So he's like, will you burn it? It's the way I like it. Burn it. He likes just the edge of the trees burnt. Wait, why is that not a meme on our Instagram? Mom, can you burn it the way I like it? (laughs) Totally. (laughs) So great. So yeah, 375 or higher. I think 400 is a nice sweet spot for most vegetables. Or just crank it up like Stacy. She lives on the edge. <laughs> I do. <laughs> we didn't talk about bacon. Throw bacon in there too. <laughs> Crispy pancetta. 
prosciutto. Yeah. Yeah. Like throw things, chickpeas, throw chickpeas onto the tray with it. So it just feels like there's, it's not just a big tray of veggies if that's not your deal. Like a little bacon, some chickpeas, yum. We got on this really great thread of what to do with these roasted veggies, but I just want to clarify that you could do this with like your microwave steamed veggies too. Totally. You could add cheese and butter and vinaigrette and all those things. And ditto like raw vegetables. Don't discount like thinly shaving fresh broccoli and making a salad out of it or carrots or zucchini, like taking your peeler and finely peeling them into shreds. We ate a lot of what I would call finger salads. It's such a weird thing to say. You've mentioned them before. I like it. When my kids were really little, which was like finely, like oftentimes just finely diced fresh vegetables. And they would like big enough that they could pick it up with their little pincher grasps. And they would eat that like it was a salad. And we would have it on top of greens. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And we have a whole episode on salad, don't we? Oh, we do. I was like, did we talk about salad? We were like, shoot, we didn't talk about salads. Okay. We have a whole episode. We have talked about salads and you need to listen because there we also talk about like what you can add and how you can make them heftier, how you can make them more like a main. So that is definitely like insert entire salad episode here to round out the discussion of sides. We do a really good job of like plugging the listeners group and saying we'll put stuff in the show notes, but there should, there should always be a link wherever you're listening to didn't I just feed you.com or you can go directly to the site and you can find everything that we talked about in every episode, including our mini episodes right there. Links to recipes that we've recommended, products we've recommended. Um, you can pre-order Stacey's book there. <laughs> Not a side. Like it's a main. Yes. So good. So good. Well, all right, guys. Well, you know what I'm about to say, right? We're going to continue this conversation in the listeners group. (laughs) So you can find us there. Go to Facebook. Search Didn't I Just Feed You. You want to, of course, follow us on the main page, but also under groups, listeners group, hit join. You'll be prompted with a question. The answer is whiskey. And we're not going to say anything more about it. It's just whiskey. That's what it is. Most importantly, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We're going to continue to talk about really practical things the rest of forever and ever. We may (laughs) even talk about sides again in the future. (laughs) Keep asking questions. Send them to us at hello at didn't I just feed you too. Um, And if you like what you hear, please tell your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. It's really important to us. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Endo. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Isaac, do you like to cook? A little bit. It depends what. What's your favorite dish that I make? I don't know. I like all of them. Or most of them. Oh, why did you change it to most? Because some of them are